Blog Talk Radio.
welcome to our Tuesday night broadcast of Prayer International Radio. Our call in number tonight is 619-638-8458, wherever you're at in the United States, um, across the world. If you need prayer for something tonight, we're going to stand believing God to meet you at the point of your need, because we serve an amazing God who is faithful to fulfill his word. The Bible says we have great and precious promises from the Lord. The Bible declares that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It says, I has not seen, nor has entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. <coughs> Excuse me. So, as always... Um, Whatever needs you have, bring them before the Lord tonight. Lay them down at his feet. Lay down all your cares, all your worries, all your fears. Lay them at the feet of Jesus. Um, the Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And he said that he would never leave us nor forsake us. He said he would not leave us as orphans, but he would send the Holy Spirit to us. And so tonight we are trusting him. With all things pertaining to life So Father God Tonight Lord Daddy we Rest in you Father We long to enter into your rest Into a place of complete trust in you Father For everything in our life Not just The big things But everything we desire to walk intimately with you. We desire to see your face, to hear your voice. We desire to know you as you have known us. That you would grant and give us wisdom, give us revelation, increase our knowledge of you tonight, Lord. Holy Spirit, take the words of Jesus and make them alive to us tonight. Give each and every listener a fresh revelation into your presence, into your love for us. Confirm in us, Father, your word, Lord. Confirm in us your plans and your purposes. The word declares that a man will plan his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And then it says, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Father, you said that the work that you started, you would complete until the day of Christ. And so we enter in, Father, behind the veil, Lord, into the holy place, Lord, seeking your face alone, Father, seeking to see the name of Jesus Christ glorified in the nations, that all men may come to the knowledge of Jesus. All men may know that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. And your word declares that whoever would call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Father. You said you were not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance. So God, tonight we stand in the gap for the lost, asking that you would move in their hearts tonight, that you would reveal yourself to them, Lord. Reveal the... Unmeasurable 
unimaginable love which you have for us, which you yourself have demonstrated when you sent your own son to die on the cross for us, Father. And so we rest, Lord, in the works that you have done. Father, no longer striving to become righteous or to win your approval based on our works, Lord. But we long to walk in faith as your word declares, the just shall live by faith. Knowing that we are not sanctified, we're not redeemed, we're not saved by any works that we could do because your word says in Ephesians, for by grace you are saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Father, no one listening tonight, we, no matter who it is, n- none of us have any reason to boast, except for to boast in you, Jesus, except to boast in your power and your authority and the work which you have completed on the cross. And even then, the word declares that, Jesus, you're seated in heaven making intercession for us. And so we long to enter in with you in your work. Jesus, as you said when you were here, that the Father has been working and you're working. Lord, we know that you're in heaven interceding for the believers. And so we long to enter in into your work, Father, interceding for the believers, interceding for the lost, interceding for the nations, crying out, O oh God, for your righteousness, crying out for your judgment crying out for your will to be done in this earth, for your word to go forth in this earth, for the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to be proclaimed from nation to nation to the four corners of the earth, Lord, that all men may know that you are Lord. So our call in number tonight, 619-638. 8458. If you need prayer for something, please give us a call. So, um, tonight, Chris um, had some things to take care of, and so he's going to be taking the night off. And so, as always, it's my um, joy and honor to be here tonight with you for the next two hours along with um, the very anointed um, man of God, Paul Pintor. You know, it's um, it's interesting. Um, we all strive to walk worthy of the calling with which we were called, to walk worthy of the name which we proclaim and the name that we um, find our identity in, which is Christ Jesus. Um and yet, we see ourselves and we know uh, that we're imperfect. But the Bible says that he has forever perfected those who are being sanctified. And, you know, there's a difference between how we see ourselves and how God sees us. Um, there's a difference between how we see everything and the way God sees us. He says, my ways are not your ways and my, way, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. And, you know, the Father sees a bigger picture than we do. He sees all the pieces. He sees the things that he has for us, the things that he's bringing us into. He sees the way of that he's going to deliver us, the way he's going to bless us, the way he's going to triumph in our life. And, 
I had talked to Chris a little bit about some stuff that he's going on. And so any of you out there that pray, um, which I hope all of you do, um, Chris needs um, discernment and wisdom with some stuff he's going through. And he's spending some time seeking the Lord right now. And But, you know, I, I was thinking it was funny because um, often we find ourselves, me and Chris both, um, as well as probably all of you, um, we find ourselves le- being quite normal at times, um, having normal lives and having normal issues, um, always hoping that we can somehow escape all the um, things that happen to everybody else. But the Bible declares that he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And so the bad things that happen in the life, um, the arguments, the the fights, turmoil, the, I mean, whatever it is, layoffs, unemployment, who knows what it is, sickness, death, um, it happens to all of us. And the real test of a man's character is not what happens and not how they behave when everything's going great, but when they're tested and when they're tried. Because um, that's when the character of Jesus really shines through. That's when you really see how much the Lord's been, wor- how, how much the Lord has worked in your life, um, and how different we are, um, knowing that we are children of the light, children of God being conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love, being adopted into the family of heaven. Giving, I mean, the Bible says, um, whoever is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new, and we walk in a newness of life through the blood of Jesus, through the resurrection of the cross. The Bible says we're buried with Him in baptism, and our old man, our sin nature, is buried with Him. And it says that we should reckon ourselves to live in the newness of life. The old man, having been done away with, we walk in the Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, which is something we all um, we all have to deal with. You know, um, there's a verse in the Bible that says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And it's an interesting verse. Um, and, you know, I think what it means is that we all have individual relationships with the Lord that nobody else has. We're accountable um, to people in the world, pastors and teachers and mentors. But above all, we're accountable to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're accountable to the Holy Spirit, with whom the Bible says we've been sealed until their day of redemption. And the first thing and the foremost thing always is to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to learn obedience to the words that it gives us, to learn obedience when he does try to lead us. And in doing so, we see our character change, and we see ourselves being shaped and formed and molded into the image which God had decided for us to um because it's like we are symphonies that the Lord puts together, taking all the members of the body, each who have their own purpose and calling, and forming us together into one masterpiece. The Bible says that um, we are that He's the potter and we're the clay, and He shapes us and He and He molds us, and He's constantly 
performing a work in our lives, changing us into his image. And so I thought it was funny, um, me and Chris talking at times, realizing how imperfect we still are and how we still struggle with things that the world struggles with. And and I, and, I, and it's funny because Chris was telling me some stuff that was going on, and and I laughed. And and, then, and some of the stuff was that he was telling me it, it was serious to an extent. And I laughed, and I got off the phone with him, and. All I could do was sing songs of victory to the Lord, realizing that no matter what we go through, no matter what obstacle, no matter what it is that the enemy throws our way, and no matter what the enemy brings against us, all he does is bring accusations and try to bring division and try to bring deception. And But we know that Jesus has the victory. And sometimes we have to proclaim the victory we have in Jesus Christ. Sometimes when everything seems like it's going wrong, we need to sing out a cry of praise and not desperation. Sometimes we're we're far too quick when something goes wrong to be like, oh, woe is me, what am I going to do? Oh, God, how are you going to fix this? Oh, God, I need you, please do something, do something. When in reality, his Bible, the Bible already declares that he is going to do something. It says that he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, Jehovah Rophe, the Lord our healer. And, you know, so he already has a victory. He's already declared the victory in our lives. And sometimes we just have to, in the same way that we stand in prayer, um, in agreement upon his word for healing and for deliverance and for salvation, sometimes we need to stand and declare the victory which he already has on our situation, even though we may not have actually see the victory yet. You know, um, the Bible says, faith, now faith is. In um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is. Faith isn't something that's past tense. It's not something that's future tense. It's a present tense thing. Um, Just as the Bible says, he's always... He's, a pre- he's always a present help in time of need. Our faith is something that is a present walk. It's a present lifestyle of trusting in the Lord. And as it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And our hope is never in our own abilities. Our hope is never in our own understanding or our own ability to grasp uh, any situation and to come up with some solution and while at times the Lord will give us wisdom and discernment and at times he will give us words of um, knowledge um, as far as the direction we should go or he'll just impart something into our hearts that'll give an, a perfect answer more often than not we have to trust him even when we don't see what the answer is. You know, the Bible says he's Jehovah Rohi, R-O-H-I, which is the Lord my shepherd. And it's also, the Bible also declares he's Jehovah Shema, which is God is there. And throughout the Old Testament, um, Israel, the nation of Israel, always would declare the attributes of the Father. Whenever he had triumphed in their life, he always brought them into, vic- into victory. They always would declare 
the name of the Lord. And knowing that he has the victory, knowing that he's, the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whatever he did yesterday, he'll do it today. He'll do it tomorrow. So we can trust him and rest in him. Rest knowing that the Lord has it under control. As I was um, talking to one of my friends um, earlier today about something, and, you know, it's like, if you think about it this way, there's only so much, even as Christians, we can do. There's only so much, even as Christians, we understand. Um, take healing, for example. We pray for people to get to get healed um, because the Bible declares to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It says to pray for the sick. And so we pray for the sick. Now, we don't know what actually happens when we pray for someone to get healed and they get healed. We don't know what the Father does. If it's just like a blink of an eye and and everything's perfect or if there's actually a change happening in their physical bodies where the Lord has to shape and move and form every atom, every molecule, every every um what is it um nucleus and um and every proton and neutron in their body inside of every atom if in a blink of an eye there's all these actual changes that are happening in the physical realm we we don't know because we we can't see we can't see that we can't understand what really really happens but it's not our it's not our place to it's not our place to know everything it's our place to trust him who does. It's our place to, at times, to just give up. Not as far as giving up as in we don't think anything is going to happen, but giving up as far as giving up in our own abilities and our own understanding and leaving things in the hand of the Father. You know, if the Bible says that he's going to provide, then we don't have to stress and worry and fret. You know, Jesus said, "By I mean, which one of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? We can spend all the time we want worrying and being afraid, even though the Bible says he's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We can spend all our time worrying and being afraid about what's going to happen or what could happen or whatever else. But we could spend the same amount of time just declaring that the victory that the Bible already says that we have and the victory that we can already walk in because we know the name of the Lord, because we serve the living God, because we serve the Father, the God who is more than enough, the God who is all-sufficient, the God who created heaven and earth, and he said, the earth is mine and the fullness thereof. And we can just either worry or we can just throw ourselves at his feet and say, God, Daddy, I have absolutely no idea how you're going to fix this mess. I don't care how, but I know you will. And then you leave it at his cross. You leave it at his feet. And you have a tiny, tiny bit of faith that the Lord just perhaps, just perhaps, he knows what he's talking about, just perhaps he, what he said is true. Just perhaps when he said, 
that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Just perhaps it's true, and then he wasn't lying. The Bible says that let God be true and every man a liar. And we know that he's not, he's not a man that he should lie. And if we know that he's not a man that he should lie, then we know we can trust every word that comes from his mouth, every word that scripture declares. And then there's no need to worry. Then you can just walk in faith. And you don't really have to walk in faith. You just have to walk. Because the Bible says um, that the word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. A man will play his ways with the Lord directs his steps. You don't really have to do anything. You just have to walk and praise the Lord. And then let him take care of everything else. Let him worry about all the things. And the funny thing is when you read through those scriptures, the Bible never says that the Lord's worried about anything. Um, you know, the, the, there's millions and millions and millions of bad things that happen in this world. There's millions of tragedies. But the Bible never declares that he's worried. Because he always knows what he's doing. He always knows what his own counsel declares. He always knows what he's doing at the moment to reach into the lives of people and the lost and draw them to him. We don't. All we know is that it's our job to intercede on the behalf of the nations and declare his word unto the, and unto the nations. But he doesn't seem to be that worried because he knows he has the victory. He can't lie to himself. The Bible says even if we remain faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. His very nature is, a fa is of a faithful God. And so if he knows what his word declares about the victory that he has given us and our situations, then we too also should be standing in agreement with him based not on our opinions and not on our own understanding of a situation, but what he has declared over us, which is love, love, love. He said, trust me. It says in Joshua, let, let this book of the law not depart from your mouth, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It's not just because you read a book and because you read the words. Meditate on the word of God. Why? Because in it you find the promises of the Father for your life. And when you start meditating on the words, those words get inside of you and they become planted inside of you. And, you become, and they become a foundation inside of you. So when the wind blows, when the waves start crashing all around, when the enemy starts throwing accusations, you have the strong foundation of the word of God to reach in and to declare with that, with that word, which is, the Bible says is sharper than any two-edged sword, to declare that he is Lord in your life, in your situation, in your city, in your nation, in your town, in your job, in your marriage, in your kid's life. Declare that he is Lord, and it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else believes because we know that he is Lord. And so then when when the enemy comes in like a flood and you know that the Bible declares that 
when the enemy comes in like a flood, he will the spirit will raise up a standard against him, and that he will fight our battles for. As it says in Hebrews, it says, or it says so since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, so great a cloud of witnesses. You know, the Bible declares that he fights for us. He said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. He is the captain of the host of the armies of heaven. Sort of like the president of the United States or the president of other countries are the head over all of the military, all the soldiers. The father is the head of the host of the armies of heaven. Jesus Christ himself is the leader. And the funny thing is the battle's already been won at the cross of Calvary. All we have to do is let people know about it and proclaim it. Because far too many times people live in bondage and they live in fear and they live in deception because they don't know the truth. Not because they're necessarily still in bondage or not necessarily because they still have chains on them, but because they haven't been told that they don't need them anymore. They haven't been told that they're free. They haven't been told that they have the victory in Christ. They haven't been told that the prison doors have been opened up and they can walk out. But the Bible declares it. And so we must have, make even more heed to med meditate upon the word of the Lord and to declare the word of the Lord over our lives. Because if we're not going to declare the word of the Lord over our lives, then the only word that's going to be spoken of over, over our lives is what the enemy speaks to over us. And we know whatever the enemy speaks to over us is only a lie and a deception. And it's an, only a manipulation of the truth. So the real question comes, would you rather live, live your life in a fairy tale based on a lie that's not the truth? Or would you rather live your life based on the reality that Jesus Christ is Lord? You know, the enemy will always throw accusations and he'll always, always declare things that are false. Making your situation, making your problems, making your issues seem insurmountable. But according to the Bible... is that God gave Jesus the name that is above every name. That at his name, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord. The Bible declares that God has put all things under his feet. He's given him all authority in heaven and earth. And there were no exceptions. There were no exemptions. There wasn't a problem. There wasn't a mountain. There wasn't an obstacle. Not a disease not a relationship that is exempt from bowing its knee to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing that doesn't fall under the realm of the dominion of the kingdom of heaven. And when we act like they do, then sometimes we end up building false idols in our lives and we declare that the things that we face have more power than the Lord God. When in reality we know 
The truth is they don't. And so if we know that nothing has more authority and power than him, then we have no reason not to proclaim the truth, which is that he has authority over everything. And if we know that he has authority over everything, we know there's nothing that can come against us that the Lord will not and cannot handle. It says, Behold, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things created, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So he said we're more than conquerors. We're victorious. We're not going into battle. The battle was already won, and we didn't have to lift a finger. All we did was have to, all we have to do is shout about the victory and watch the enemy flee. The Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Unfortunately, far too many times, the enemy, like the Bible says, the enemy walks around like a roaring lion, seeking him he may, he may devour. And the only thing we're devoured, devoured on is our lack of faith and our lack of belief and our lack of conviction because we don't under we don't know in whom we have believed. The Bible says my per my people perish for lack of knowledge. <laughs> we perish for lack of knowledge. And the enemy will cap capitalize on your lack of knowledge and your lack of ability to stand upon the knowledge you already do have. As much as possible. Why would you walk in sin? Why would you walk in bondage? Why would you walk in anything? Except for what the Bible declares that we should walk in. Since it's a choice. You know, if you have your Bible, if you have a Bible, um, if you turn to Galatians chapter 5, it says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. It doesn't say that he's making us free. It says that he's already made us free. And do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. In verse 16, it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, and cleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who choose to walk in the flesh, the Bible declares, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to say something really controversial here, and I'm just going to throw it out here, and hopefully I get it right. I, I Every now and then I could be wrong about things. You know, some people will say, well, 
what about once saved, always saved? And I'll say, well, what does the Lord say? Because he said, many will come to me in that day saying, Lord, Lord, did we not do all these great things for you? And it says that Jesus will look at him and he said, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. So the question is, is it really once saved, always saved? Or is it that being saved isn't just necessarily just saying a prayer, but actually making him the Lord of your life and actually being obedient? And it's a fine line there. It really is. Um... As far as once saved, always saved, I believe there is nothing impossible for the Lord. I personally believe that once you're saved, once you've tasted the goodness of the gift of God, you'll never be changed. You'll never, you can never go back. You can never not be in that place with the knowledge of the Lord. There's many people who choose to walk, who try to walk away. But sooner or later they come back. Because there's always something inside of them Because they've known the Lord And through whatever circumstance Life leads them They stop talking about the Lord They stop praying They stop going to church They stop reading their Bible They stop tithing They stop doing whatever it is And we know As the scripture declares Before the time of the flood In the Old Testament That's pretty much what the world was like why do you think it says meditate on this word day and night? Don't forget the benefits of the Lord. Don't forget his grace and mercy. That's why it says raise your children up in the way they should go, and when they old, they're old, they won't depart from it. If you want to find out how easy it is to turn your back on the Lord, stop reading your Bible, stop spending time with him, stop praying. Spend all your time watching TV or listening to the radio or hanging out with your friends or doing whatever else. Because there's a difference between giving the Lord your life and living for Him. There's a difference between between declaring that Jesus is Lord and living your life like He's the Lord of your life. You know, the Bible says that even the demons believe in Him and fear how much more should we, who know the word of truth, who have received the gift of salvation, who have received the Holy Spirit of the living God, how much more should we be held accountable to actually walk in the scriptures which we proclaim we, which we proclaim we believe in? How much more should our lives line up with what the Word of God declares about us? But there's many people out there who will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says every man is appointed once to die and after that to judgment. And I know that the Lord judges a man's heart. He doesn't judge the outward appearance. He doesn't judge you based on anything else but what's in your heart. And nobody knows your heart but you and the Lord. You may think that there's things that you have that are hidden from the world. You have deep, dark secrets that you don't want anybody to ever know about. But I hate to break it to you, it's too late, because he knows everything. He knows the content of your heart. 
and that's what he's looking at. And so there's many people out there who will proclaim themselves to be something, and they'll have an appearance of godliness, but as the Bible says, there's many out there that will have an appearance of godliness, but denying the the power thereof. Blind leaders of the blind, who have have an appearance of a walk, but they don't have the reality of a relationship. There's no power because there's no authority, because they're not under the authority of the Lord. And the only authority that someone has in this world and in the kingdom of heaven is based on whose authority that you submit yourself to. And we can always take the authority of men, but men have no power. But the Lord Jesus has all the authority and all the power in heaven and earth. You know, the enemy knows those who trust in the Lord. They know those who have placed their faith in him. And they pray, and they're afraid. Not necessarily for our sake, but because of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because they know it. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, looks like I hit the power button on my computer. Actually, I hit the power button on the extension cord below my feet, and I didn't realize it, so I apologize for that. But anyway, um, for all of you who are still listening, um, thank you very much for sticking with us. Um, our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for something, give us a call. So we were talking... See, now I sort of got off the flow that we were on. Um, We were talking about authority and walking in the Lord. Hmm. (laughs) Well, let's go to some worship for a minute, and we will be right back. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio after our brief technical difficulties. Um, so Paul had a song you wanted to play for uh, Chris and Tracy tonight, and um, are you there, Paul? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, sir. Oh, did you have that song? Ready? Yeah. I mean, well, let's pray for him first. All right. Um, for everybody listening, um, and for those of you that are in ministry, for what it's worth, I can tell you myself, it's a lot easier, I assure you, to go back and do the things that we used to do. It'd be a lot easier having a Mises attitude, everything being about you. You know, picking up a cigarette, drinking a beer, you know, cussing, you know, just going about your day for yourself. But when you get called in the ministry and you surrender to God and you become a new creature, all things are new and everything in the past is behind us. You know, all the mess that we have becomes a message, and the test that we have becomes a testimony. And the Bible says in the Revelations 12 and 11 that by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony that we'll be set free. And for what it's worth, whenever we're called in the ministry, you know, I don't consider myself a pastor, a teacher, um, an apostle, a prophet. I do consider myself an intercessor. Um, and I know that God has used me and my wife to pray for people. You know, on countless times, people have been healed, and uh, we've been able to counsel with people with their marriage and drugs and, you know, people in prison. You know, we do prison ministry. I've never been to prison, but I just didn't get caught. Um, you know, I, unfortunately, I was incarcerated 33 times, and I find it kind of odd that Jesus died at 33. And I surrendered to God at 43 years of age, and 4 plus 3 is 7, which is completion. For the first time in my life, I got pulled over last Thursday. And I didn't go to jail. <laughs> you know, I was going 67 and a 55. I thought I was going 67 and a 55 or a 67 and a 65. But I thank the trooper for my ticket. Thank you. Yes, sir. No, sir. Hallelujah. You know, I, I was just glad that I didn't have to go be a chef in jail again, you know. But long story short, when you're called in the ministry, you know, it's a whole different game. It's a whole set of, set of rules. It's a whole different set of warfare. And when you're called into ministry, you know, just because you surrender to God, it don't mean it's going to be rainbows and bunnies, I promise you. And if there's anybody I know in my life that walks with God that literally spends eight hours a day in, in prayer 
in the spirit, and that's Chris Herzog. And when you have the anointing on your life that he has, and I'm talking about somebody when he gets a prophetic word, I mean he's a, it's a hundred percent. It's it's not ninety. It's not no. It's not your typical New Testament um, word where you know you can even be off as much as ninety percent. You know, maybe just an impression. But God uses Christopher because of Christopher and his vision. We had prayer international because of Sean and his wisdom that God has downloaded to him. You know, we have the platform that everybody's able to use today because of Christopher's spiritual mother, Diane Nutt. You know, she's the one that imparted to him and whispered in his ear, you need to get on Blog Talk Radio. And I know, even though on the website, for whatever reason, people don't send in testimonies. You know, um, we're just a regular, you know, Sean works for Dell Computer. Christopher works as a uh, uh, freelancer uh, repairing computers, you know, printers and stuff for big companies. You know, I'm in the financial end, and we're just, you know, three soggy bottom brothers out here uh, that rather than go laying down with our wives and our children, um, at night, in the comfort of our bed, you know, we stand in the gap for people because our messages are messages. So I I know Chris is going through some storms right now, and I want to stand in the gap for him, and I'm going to play a song for him. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can enter into your kingdom presence, Heavenly Father, by the shed blood of your son, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by the blood of Jesus we have a blood-bought right. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that the victory that was counted for at Calvary, Heavenly Father, that we can call things now that be not as though they are because Jesus is our advocate. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're not a man that you shall lie, and that every word that proceeds your mouth, Heavenly Father, that it shall prosper in the things that you send it forth. Heavenly Father, your word says, Without faith it's impossible to please you. For us, for he that cometh to you must believe that you are what? That you are the rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Heavenly Father, as it says in Luke 10, 2, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. I pray, Heavenly Father, that by this platform we will raise up a prophetic generation of missionaries, of prayer intercessors, Heavenly Father, apostles, priests, pastors, and teachers through this platform, Heavenly Father, that will sow their lives into the kingdom soil. And as we lift up our brother Christopher, Heavenly Father, as a point of contact, Heavenly Father, I lift all the needs of Christopher and Tracy to you at once. Father, we call out to you. We call out to Jerusalem. We call out to Israel, Heavenly Father. We call on your angels, Heavenly Father. Your word says in 11 of Hebrews, simply by salvation, that we inherit the angels. Lord God, we send out your angels over the region of Garland, Texas, Heavenly Father. We ask you, Heavenly Father, that the angels will pick up Chris, that when they will pick up Tracy and that you will hold them in your hands, Heavenly Father, that you will provide them shelter, 
as we wrap a prayer of expectation, Heavenly Father, because your word simply says that you're not a man and you're going to lie. So I expect, Heavenly Father, that you will fulfill the words of our prayer because your word says in John 14, 14, that anything I ask, it simply says you will do it. So, Heavenly Father, I lift up Chris and Tracy. I lift their marriage. I lift their ministry. I lift their gifts, all the fruits of the Spirit to you, Heavenly Father. We wrap them in our prayer of expectation. And in the name of Jesus, all the fruit will bear, Heavenly Father. Lord, as we pray this song, that Minister Grant put on my heart, we pray this song for Christopher in the name of Jesus.
you know, th- there's no difference. Um, and, you know, some of the people who have the biggest anointings in their life are the people, and if you looked at their life, you would think their lives are completely screwed up. But they have an amazing anointing because it's not about them. It's about the Lord. And the Lord will use anybody who's willing to let the Lord use them. Anybody who's willing to open up their mouth and preach the gospel. Anybody who's willing to go lay hands on the sick. I mean, anybody who's willing to stand on the word of God, God will use because he wants people who who he can use. And it, it doesn't matter what you've had to face and what obstacles you have. All that matters is the word of the Lord because it's not about us. It's about him. It's not about our anointing or our gifts or our abilities. It's about his. Um, our job is to be a vessel that he can use, and it's his job to use the vessel. And so, you know, I mean, Chris and Tracy are, like, dealing with some stuff some stuff tonight. And, I mean, I know they're both probably praying right now, um, which is, I mean, I know the last time I talked to Chris, he said that they were both going to be in prayer, or he was going to be in prayer. And um, I haven't talked to Tracy, um, but I'm assuming wherever she is, she is too. And, um, but, you know, I mean, and that's the one thing. Um, We were talking at the beginning of the broadcast about walking in what the scripture says. And, you know, sometimes when something unexpected happens in your life and something comes in out of the blue and you're like, okay, God, I have this crisis. I don't know how we're going to get through it. Um, I don't know how, how, I mean, I don't know where this came from. All of a sudden, it seems like the whole world is crashing it down around us. And, Lord, the whole world is coming to an end. You know, sometimes your choice is, is either, like we said, to worry, to fret, to be afraid, to try to figure it out, or you just get into your prayer closet. And you seek the face of the Lord, and you go before him with a mind that he has all the answers, and that any problem we have, he can take care of. And, you know, your first stop shouldn't be your buddy down the street or your friend at work. Your first stop should be the Lord, and because he's the one who's going to have the answers. He's the one who is going to be able to give you the guidance and the direction, um, you know, the Bible says that he leads us and um, by side still pastures. He leads us beside the still, or he makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside the still waters. And, you know, sometimes when there's a storm coming, if you want to be let out of it, you've got to go to the Lord because he's the one who knows how to get you out of it. He's the one who ha- knows what it's going to take or what you're going to need to do to get through whatever it is you're going through. And um, sometimes, sometimes it's nothing more than just walking. Sometimes it's nothing more than just trusting him. Sometimes it's nothing more than just letting go of whatever it is, even though it's an obstacle that you don't think that you're going to be able to fix. And, you know, you may have like, I mean, like I t- talked about in, in times past about a friend of mine who had less than a, a week before she needed to find a place to live. And it's like, who cares how much time you have? It's not up to you to provide for yourself. It's up to the Lord. And you know what? The time frame doesn't matter. You trust in the Lord and you realize that no matter what, he's going to take care of it. No matter what, he's going to be faithful to his word. Even if every friend you have turns on you, even if everybody lies to you, the Lord will never lie. The Lord will always be true to what he's declared. 
And we have to learn to start standing upon his word and start walking in his word. And when, you know, we, we talk about the, the, we talk about believing, believing our Bibles. Well, I think more often than not, we need to start living it, living like it and taking the scriptures and actually, instead of just reading them and letting them to be scriptures, we need to actually meditate on them and let the scriptures become part of our life. And if we find something in the scripture that declares something about our lives, we need to start walking like it. When it says in Galatians, walk in the walk in the spirit, well, we need to start walking in the spirit. We need to start I mean it says what is it? Um where is that verse? It says meditate whatever things are good, whatever things remember that verse, Paul? That again? The verse that says, whatever things are good, whatever things are holy, whatever things are pure, meditate upon these things. Philippians 4.6. 4, four, Philippians 4.6. Here, let me flip over. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm barely saved, so forgive me if I missed on that. Oh, you're off by two verses, so that's still a lot better. I had no idea. Uh, At least I was on the right side of the Bible. Yeah, you were you were a lot closer than I was. Um, but it says it says finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, sometimes we the, the biggest obstacle we have is not the obstacle around us, but the obstacle that's in our own minds and the battle that rages in our own heads, um, constantly warring between our opinions and our desires and what the Word of God declares. You know, the enemy coming in declaring lies and our own opinion, our own flesh wanting something, and then the Word of God. And so sometimes the biggest way to change the situation around you is to change yourself and change how you perceive the things around you. If there's someone at work you can't stand, and, you know, and I, I, I've had people like that, and I, I still have people like that at times. And, you know, so are you going to be negative and have an ungodly character, or are you going to start praying for them? Are you going to start like meditating on the good things like the Bible declares. Medit um whatever things are of good report, any virtue, if any praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. And you know, when you change your attitude and you change the way you think about things and you start walking in the spirit and you start thinking of things in the spirit and you start dwelling in the place where you're walking in a relationship with the Lord, not just someone you talk to every couple every couple days or every Sunday, but you make him an active part of your life and an active part of your thought process and an active part of everything you do, then you'll see your situation strange without you even trying. So anyway, our call in number tonight, six one nine Six three eight eight four five eight. If anybody needs prayer for anything, um, please give us a call. Um, so I'm going to put a worship song on, and we're going to take a quick break, 
and um, we will be right back. Father, we come standing before that great white throne, the throne that's been established from eternity, the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance, the angels, the seraphim, beauty everywhere, the river of fire that flows from your throne. Oh, we love to stand before your throne, O God. We love to stand before the throne of God. divine encounter.
Oh, we want to be lost in the raging fire that flows from your throne, oh God.
circled with flaming fire. The furnace of love, beauty, raging fire.
Well, welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. And um, so during the break, we got a prayer request um, for Joel, who um, is a kid who's only um, 25, who has um, AIDS. You still with us, Paul? Yes, I'm here. Okay, and um, so we're going to pray for uh, Joel. Um, now, to some people, they would see, they would think something like praying for AIDS is different than praying for a broken finger or a cold. But in reality, it's not, because Jesus said, "Lay hands on the sick, and they will recover." Jesus said. To, to cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. Four things Jesus said. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead. Which means any opportunity that you get in your walk with the Lord to lay hands on the sick, to cast out demons, to cleanse the lepers, or to raise the dead, you take it. It doesn't matter if, someone, if you're walking down the road and someone drops down dead. You pray for them and you raise the dead because that's what Jesus said that we should do. That's the authority he already gave us to walk in. And there's no difference between AIDS and any other disease according to the blood of Jesus because it said by his stripes we're healed. So we're going to stand in faith, and we're going to agree that the Lord healed this 25-year-old, and not only that, that the Lord um, turned his heart to him so we can knock out two burns with one stone. Um, because, you know, no one knows what's in this kid's heart. No one knows where he's at. Uh, all we know is that he's sick and that he needs the Lord. And we know the Lord, and the Bible says, freely you have received, freely give. <laughs> So, um, I'll start it off, Paul, and say a quick prayer, and then you can pray if you want, um, unless you want to go first. Amen. Go ahead. Oh, okay, Father. Uh, we always love coming to you with things like this, because we know who you are, and we know what your word declares, Father. We know it's not about us. We know we have no authority and no power outside of the name of Jesus. Father, but we know your word declares that if we ask anything in your name, you will do it, Father. So, Lord, Jesus, your word declares that by your stripes we are healed, Father. And so all of us are gathered together, Father, standing in agreement for this. Father, asking in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we we pray. We command healing and deliverance on Joel right now. We rebuke the spirit of sickness and disease. We rebuke the spirit of AIDS and command it to leave in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every cell to be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. Every organ restored in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the sickness. We rebuke the spirit of death. We rebuke the lies of the enemy and command them to go in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Father, we ask for complete deliverance over Joel right now, Father. Lord, we ask that you would turn his heart towards you, Father. Lord, turn his heart for you, Father. Completely and totally heal him, Jesus. Amen. Go for it, Paul. Amen. Amen. Well, we, um, in September 2009, we actually birthed what we're doing today using Skype. And, um, if there's anybody that's listening live, um, that has a kid that happens to be up running around, it'd be nice to have a kid to stand in the gap. Um, we had a client of mine that we prayed for. His son got, uh, the flu and it got real bad. And, uh, they gave their child, he was six years old, um, Jerry Farning's six-year-old kid. They gave him till midnight to live. And that evening, about 7 o'clock, we all got on the phone, me, Chris, Sean, my wife, Rebecca, Tracy, Brian Cliff, and his daughters. And we told Jerry to go into the ICU and that he has the same Holy Ghost that we have, and we used him as a point of contact. And the Bible says that he is in, that his sinners is greater than he is in the world. And one thing everybody needs to know, that God did not send his son to be crucified on the cross as a warm-up or practice. When he hung on the cross, he died for all of our iniquities, for all of our affirmities. What it says in Psalms 103.3, says that he heals all diseases. By Jesus' stripes, he's healed. So, regardless of what the circumstance is, um, regardless of what their faith is, they don't even need to have any faith. They don't even need to be a believer. Because when Peter and them said, well, we have no silver, nor we have gold, when they was talking to the blind man, you know, um, they had more than silver and, and gold for him. Um, so, um, I would ask Minister Grock because he's the closest to his person to stand in the gap for him as a point of contact here on earth because the Bible says, in Matthew 6 and 9, he says, When we pray, we pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth. When they say on earth, they mean through us, because the Holy Ghost now who dwells in us as believers, and through impartation of laying the hands on, whether we're there or not, the Bible says that we are to stir up the gift of God in us by laying on hands to call things that be not as though they are. So, Ephesians, or Ezekiel 22 and 30 says, I was looking for a man to stand in the gap. And we have him. His name is Minister Grock, Bill Robb. So, Heavenly Father, 
in the name of Jesus, the Nazarene. We thank you, Lord God, that by the shedding blood of your son, Christ Jesus, on Calvary, Lord God, that we have a blood-bought right, Abba Father, to enter into your kingdom presence, into your glory, Heavenly Father, into the Holy of Holies, Lord God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your majesty. You are El Shaddai, God Almighty, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Jehovah Jireh, our successor. You are the author and the finisher, the Alpha and the Omega. We thank you, Lord God, for the power that you pour out on us with the anointing. It is yours, Heavenly Father. To you be all the glory. Heavenly Father, all we are is a conduit. Someone who is willing to just step out in faith and just open our mouth. Because of what the Bible says, that in the tongue is life and death, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord God, for all the ministering angels which you have bestowed us with. These are your angels, Heavenly Father, that you dispatch according to our needs. As the heir of salvation, according to Hebrews 1.14, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have anointed us with the gift of power to preach the gospel as your chosen children to flow in the supernatural gifts of divine healing and miracles. We thank you, Lord God, for all the supernatural gifts that you give us, how you download to us, Heavenly Father, the gifts of interpretation, words of knowledge, prophetic words, Heavenly Father, the angelic visitations, and the heavenly experiences here on earth, Heavenly Father, and in earth today. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have chosen us, and you have called us out of darkness, Heavenly Father, to stand in the gap to fulfill your word, to fulfill your word, in your will, Heavenly Father, your heavenly works here on earth in our daily lives today. Heavenly Father, as we call on your name, we bind and we curse, Heavenly Father, the spirit of infirmity in this young man in the name of Jesus. We bind you, infirmity, in the name of Jesus. We command you out in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we pray that every seed, every root, every tentacle, Every skin cell, every red blood cell, every red blood cell, every white blood cell, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that everything aligns in the new word, Heavenly Father. That this young man will be made whole in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, your word says in 1 Peter 2.24 that by Jesus' stripes he's healed in the name of Jesus your word says, Heavenly Father, that every word that comes out of your mouth, that it will not return void, that it will prosper in the things that you send it forth, Heavenly Father. And, Lord God, we give you all the glory, and we give you all the honor, Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 You know, not too long from now, I wouldn't expect the Lord's going to start getting a lot more praise reports. Um start seeing people getting raised from the dead. Um, wouldn't that be awesome to actually have the Lord use you for something like that? And yet there's still, there's plenty of missionaries out there who um, see it happen on, see it happen every day. Um, you know, people all across the world, um, now it won't be reported on CNN or Fox News, but people all over the world see 
the same works that Jesus did happening in today's times. And it's the same Holy Spirit that dwells in them that dwells in us. And it's just a matter Amen. of that we trust and trust in the Lord. You know, I, I was shocked, and I've said it before, I was shocked to, to see a bunch of um, Christians praying for people inside of a bank when uh, I first met Paul and his wife Olivia. But, you know, I, I hadn't ever seen people just go when they're at work to start praying for people inside of a bank where you're working. But you know what? They were there. They knew the Lord, and they started praying because people needed prayer. And who, and how could I mean? And who were they to actually deny someone the gift of God? Um, and you know, people were getting healed in a bank. Didn't have any idea what was going to happen. But you know, someone showed up with an answer to the need that they had, and the answer was Jesus. And they had it, and so they gave it. And you know, and, and that's the thing. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. All that matters is the name of Jesus, and that He said that by His stripes you're, that we're healed. Lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Cast out demons, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. You know, I, I remember sitting in my car once driving to work, which is when the Lord usually talks to me, and a lot. Um, and you know, I remember sitting there, and I was just thinking about like um, I, I just got through listening to a ministry teaching um, from this uh, missionary, and his his ministry had seen hundreds of people raised from the dead. And, you know, we, I mean, it's rare for us to hear about one person getting raised from the dead. Um, it seems like something that, that doesn't exist anymore, but it, it does. The Bible says it does. The Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so here I'm listening to this ministry of this guy, and, I mean, his ministry has had hundreds of people get raised from the dead, and not just him, his whole team, because they're, they're, they're taught to believe the Word of God no matter what. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the environment, the Bible says something, you believe it, and you live it, and you, and you, and you act upon it. And I, I remember being in my car, and um, I, I had this um, ministry going through my head on my way to work, and I was like, Wow, I don't know. I wonder what it was, I wonder if I could ever have enough faith to raise someone from the dead. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, "Well, you've never tried." And you know, that sounds harsh, but you know, w- when he said that, it made a really good point. A lot of times I've noticed in my own life and you know, I fall upon the grace of the Lord. Um, and I fall on his mercy, but there's so many times when I'll pass people, whether it's at the train station or in the grocery store, and um, and there's people who I see, whether they're on crutches or they're in wheelchairs or they don't have legs um, or who knows what it is, and I know that the Lord Jesus could heal them, but you're always having that struggle within yourself about actually just walking up to disturb them, whether you don't want to interrupt them or you don't want to bother them or you're not sure what they believe. And, you know, in reality, it doesn't matter because you have something. I mean, if you had a million dollars to give away and you knew that someone needed money, you wouldn't have any problem walking up to whoever it was who needed money and just throwing the money and giving the money out. And how much more with the gift of God, how much more with the grace and 
the power of the Lord Jesus Christ manifested upon this earth. And, you know, it doesn't happen. It won't happen unless people are willing to take a step of faith, get out of their little comfort zones, get out of disbelief, and start believing that God is not a, is not a liar. And, you know, it's what it comes down to. Either God's a liar or he's not. Either he said lay hands on the sick and they will recover or they won't. Either he said raise people from the dead or you can't. And, you know, and that's the thing. We know that God's not a liar. So it's a matter of us believing him at his word, believing that he's true, believing that it's the Holy Spirit who's going to perform the signs and wonders, believing it's the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that dwells in us and quickens our bodies. The same Holy Spirit that showed up on the day of Pentecost and, gave, and, and, and anointed the disciples is the same Holy Spirit we have. And so there, there's no difference. It's just a matter of how much you're willing to believe God, how much you're willing to trust God. And if you're willing to trust God and if you're willing to believe God, no matter what happens, then you'll see all the things that God promised happen happen in your life. And you'll start living a ministry not based on man's expectations but based on the promises of the Lord Jesus. And, you know, if you want to live the life the disciples lived, then you start. You have to start doing what the disciples did. And what they did is they had a relationship and an intimacy with the Lord, and they believed the Lord. They heard Jesus say something. You know, Jesus didn't, didn't have to give them a huge, long lesson about, you know, well, if they have this disease, then you need to pray this way. And if they have this disease, you need to pray this way. He just sent them out to, in twos, and he said, go lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. Go preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. So they were like, okay, Jesus said it, let's go do it, and they went out and did it, and people got healed, and people got delivered, and people got set free, and people got saved, and to the point that Jesus couldn't walk anywhere because they heard of the things that were happening. And, you know, miracle after miracle after miracle were happening, and the entire world changed because God chose 12 people, none of them religious elite, none of them um, – who had studied that much. None of them had spent their lives in Bible college. Just regular 12 people who were anointed by the same Holy Spirit that we have, and they heard Jesus say, go and do it. And they were like, okay, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. And they did. And they saw things happen. And in the same way, today we have the same ability, wherever you're at, any minute of the day, you have the ability to shape the course of the natural world, to, to, to change the natural laws and the order of things here on earth by taking the authority and the dominion of the kingdom of heaven and having it come down and impact the world around you and start living as a child of the kingdom of God and not as a child of the world because we operate under different rules and we operate under a different set of authority. You know, the authority of the world says if you get sick, you're going to die. But the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and the dominion of the kingdom of heaven declares that the, thing men, the things that men declare are, are impossible are possible with God, and nothing's impossible with God. There's, there's no exception. There's no anything. There's no loopholes. If Jesus said do it, then you believe it, and you go do it, and you watch the kingdom of God happen. You know, like Paul said, your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven which means you take the will of the Father and the desires of the Father and you let them be manifested in your life to the people around you and you'll see a difference in the world around you. 
the reason people don't get healed nowadays is because people don't pray for them as much. We don't see people getting raised from the dead because people aren't praying for the dead. They just go to funerals and they give up. The reason that people are tormented and demented and addicted and in bondage is because there's nobody there to stand in the gap and to proclaim the liberty of Christ Jesus to them. And it applies to all of us. You know, if we declare, if we're going to declare that we're the church of the living God, the bride of Christ, then we need to walk in it. We need to walk in the light of the gospel. You know, Jesus said, "A lamp that's you don't light a lamp and set it under a basket." But you, right, John. Yes, sir. Um, Blue Eagle was asking me a question, Nathan, about. And Nathan, if what you can do is you can go to www.prayerinternational.org, go to our website, and go to the blogs. And there's a gentleman in our blogs um, that you'll see, um, which is from Mexico, David Hogan. Um, There's actually four videos of him talking about faith to raise the dead. Um, Nathan was asking about scriptural, and one of the scriptures is that Jesus said, because now that he has ascended and resurrected from the grave, that we are going to do even greater things than he did because he goes to the Father. But what does it talk about scripturally about uh, raising the dead? Here, let me pull it up. Hold on one second. I want to answer this for Nathan so he don't think that we're a bunch of baloney brothers. Okay. Let me actually pull the scripture up. Baloney Brothers Bible Teaching 101. (laughs) Hold on for me one second. Okay. find it. Okay, so if you have a Bible, um, turn to Matthew chapter 10, um, and this is um, Jesus right when he is sending sending the disciples out, and I'm actually going to turn to it in my Bible, and I have a New King James. Um, Okay. And at the at the beginning of chapter ten, he said, um, and when he had called out his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. Same authority that he gave the disciples, he gave to us. And if you flip over to verse eight, it says, uh, or verse seven, it says, "As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand." In verse eight, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen. And you know, I mean, and he and he said it again. And um, I mean, and and Mark, where he said, and and I've sent you out. Um, do this, do this, do this. And there's so many scriptures in the Bible where Jesus said, if you would just have faith the size of a mustard seed. You could command a mountain to be removed, and it would. And it's it's not it's it's not about who we are outside of our identity. 
in the Lord. It's about, and it doesn't matter who the person is, um, because half the people Jesus prayed for didn't know who he was. All they knew is that is that they heard he, there was that he could do things, um, and that they could heal him. They didn't know. Most of the people didn't know he was the Son of God. A few of them had the revelation and they knew it, but not but not all of them. And you know, most of the time Jesus walked up to someone and he said, "Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole?" Or they would cry out and they would say, "Heal me." And they didn't all know that he was the Son of God. They didn't all know about who Jesus was. But through the through the work of the Lord, they found out. Our and so um, that's the scripture as far as raising the dead. And David Hogan, um, if you go watch the video, um, he has a long – it's a long video, but um, it shows um, – he, he gives a long testimony about his life and – trust in the Lord and the ministry that his team does, and not just him, but I mean, there's a lot of people um, across the world who um, see miracles like that still happen. Um, but um, I, anyway, so our call-in number, um, 619-638-8458, we're um, running out of time now. Um, if you need prayer before we get back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, please email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Visit our website, which is prayerinternational.org, and we will be praying for all of you, and we will see you tomorrow night.